Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Securities offered through American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc., APFS, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through American Portfolios Advisors, Inc., APAI, and SEC-registered investment advisor. Madison Wealth Managers and American Portfolios are separate and unrelated companies. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources deemed reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. Neither American Portfolios nor Madison Wealth Managers accept any liability for the use of the information discussed. Consult with a qualified financial, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Any opinions expressed in this form are not the opinion or view of American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc., APFS, or American Portfolios Advisors. Information in this illustration has been obtained from sources believed to be reliable and are subject to change without notification. The information presented is provided for informational purposes only and not to be construed as a recommendation or solicitation. Investors must make their own determination as to the appropriateness of an investment or strategy based on their specific investment objectives, financial status, and risk tolerance. Past performance is not an indication of future results. Investments involve risk and the possible loss of principal. Welcome to the Planning for Prosperity show. John and Jim Daly, 810 AM WGY News Talk. Um, we're going to be covering quite a few different um, topics today. In two weeks, so not this week, after next week, um, we're going to go into an estate planning series for three weeks. Um, that always seems to um, draw a lot of attention. There's always a lot of need for estate planning. I think it's something that we always uh, put off, right, Jim? Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I've put my own off. That's embarrassing, but I have. You know, I... Uh, <laughs> You, you, you almost feel like if I go do something, something bad's going to happen to me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the uh, the estate planning gods will get you. Yeah. So, but seriously, I mean, there's nothing more important than really having a basic estate plan laid out for you, um, having your health care proxies and all of that in order. Um, it is something that we always put off to the back burner. We do have an estate planning book if you want a kind of a prep to. Um, that session now again starting a couple of weeks. It's called Estate Planning: How to Preserve and Maximize Family Wealth. If you want to give us a call, 348-7770. Be happy to send you out a complimentary copy of that book. And um, those will be a lot of the topics that we'll be covering in a few weeks. And you know, you can kind of uh, read ahead and know where the <clears throat> conversations are going to be going. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, things have been a little. Uh little lively as late of late with uh, all the uh, the markets and everything so um you know we've we've actually just concluded the uh series that we were doing i think it was three weeks on investment fundamentals um which was was kind of good timing uh you know we had been kind of talking about a lot of you know whether the fundamentals behind all the stocks and the run-up is is legit or not um you know it's that, not that it's legit the markets right jim always do 
what they're going to do. Right. And, you know, you, you can sit there and argue and justify valuations. But at certain points in time when the valuations get very high or historically very high and we're in a very um, long extended bull market at this point in time, um, we always know that there's bulls and bear markets and there's always corrections that come about. In fact, since we started running that fundamentals um, of investments series, there was a correction in the market, a correction being defined right. as 10%, a bear market being defined as 20% drop in the markets. Um, there was a 10% correction. Uh, many people think you know that will be the end of the correction and things will go back you know, to kind of normal markets from here. You never do know. I mean- well, I mean, it recovered a lot of it, and definitely in a hurry, that's for sure, which seemed a little almost uh, abnormally quick on the, yeah. well, you the saw recovery it. of the correction. But um, but it gave people a little bit of a, uh, a flavor of how fast those things can kind of turn around. You see the markets down, you know, th- you know, 1,000 points, 1,000 points here. I mean, that's what happens when you're dealing with this. And one of the things, it was the biggest point drop ever in Walmart history was last week. Um, you know, the numbers... In my opinion, you know, weren't horrible or anything like that. But when stocks are hitting all-time highs and everything's sort of priced to perfection, there's no room for error. Well, you know what I'm really surprised, John, is you know, obviously out the office, we're always listening to the Business Channel, and we, all, you know, there's always CNBC or Bloomberg or something on. And I'm really amazed at you know all these analysts and the different people they have on when they start talking about what that tax break will mean to the bottom line of the companies. And it sounds like such a mystery. You know, no one says it absolutely is going to mean this or that, which seems kind of surprising. You would think that they would have already, it would be somewhat straightforward to run those numbers and figure out, you know, this is where the new PE is going to be. Um, But you don't really hear too many people even making real predictions on that. They're like, we'll just have to wait and see. Well, the PE, Jim, again, being, you know, so everyone in the audience kind of knows what we're talking about. PE is just the price to earnings ratio. And currently, the price-to-earnings ratio is sitting around 25, 26, meaning that you're paying $26 for a dollar of earnings, and the historical average is around 15 or $16 for a dollar's earnings, meaning typically in the market, that's what people will pay on average for the market as a whole, 15 to $16 for every dollar of earnings that a corporation has. And right now, it's closer to 25 or 26. So what Jim is just saying, you know, with these new tax breaks that are coming for the corporations, no one really knows what that's truly going to drop the P ratio to, meaning that there's more earnings. And if there's more earnings, it's a lower uh, overall P ratio. But the other thing that they really don't know is how the corporations are going to handle that extra cash. What are they going to do with that money, right? right. So in other words, um, are they going to really hire on new employees? Are they going to expand their businesses? Are they going to just increase dividends? What are they going to do with their extra money? And that all ties into ultimately what happens economically um, when you're looking at a tax break like that. Right. But even if a company chooses to do nothing other than to kind of just hoard the money, you would think it would be a pretty straightforward calculation to figure out what how that's going to impact their bottom line. And for some reason, no one seems to be stepping out on that limb. Uh, I'm not really sure why, but <laughs> you would think they'd be able to say, hey, it's going to be a five or ten percent you know change to their bottom line and well certainly you would think they could go through the 30 stocks in the dow and say if you gave them a tax break of xyz based on this this is what would happen based on last year's earnings 
right. and give you that number. And I'm sure there are some predictions out there on that. It probably gets a little trickier, Jim, when you're talking about like the Russell 2000. You have 2,000 companies or even the S&P 500. We're looking at 500 different companies. Um, but, you know, the Dow Jones itself being mostly obviously blue chip value, some blue chip growth, it would be a little bit more predictable on how these things would be impacted. But nevertheless, you know, we're, we're again in the very uh, back end of a long bull market, right? So, I mean, historically, we're running a couple of years beyond what an average bull market will run. Right. Um, now, that being said, it can continue to run for sure by just understanding where we are in the market cycle and these things have a natural cycle to them. Right. And there's definitely still the analysts on both sides of this. You know, I, um, I think Morgan Stanley came out the other day and uh, they they were actually making some predictions on the downside. But I, I'll go over that article when we get back yeah. to the break. And yeah, we're actually up against a hard break. You are listening to the Planning for Prosperity show, John and Jim Daly, 810 AM WGY News Talk. We'll be right back. And now back to the Planning for Prosperity show with your hosts, John and Jim Daly from Madison Wealth Managers. Welcome back to the Plenty for Prosperity show. John and Jim Daly, 810 AM WGYA News Talk. If you're just tuning in, we're saying not this week and not next week, but the following three weeks, we're going to be doing an estate planning session. Um, we're going to cover everything from the basics to some more uh, complicated trust planning and different topics. And <clears throat> Jim and I aren't attorneys, but our goal is to always have you go meet with an attorney um, and be able to ask really good questions. You know, there's a lot of things that are available to you um, that a lot of people just aren't aware of. Um, right. Every day, I mean, not every day, but I guess <clears throat> every week, people call up the office and just want to talk about concerns that they have. And one of the concerns a lot of times people have, Jim, is that they're in a uh, second marriage and they have children on both sides of the family, which is really common. Right. Yep. <laughs> and just trying to kind of keep all that straight and make sure that the funds are going where where they want or intended them to go yeah. uh, is an important important so that's, detail that's, you need to take care of. Yeah, with the divorce rate being 50 or 60%, and a lot of those obviously marriages having children, you could imagine it's a very common thing, and people say, okay, well, I want to take care of my spouse when I die. Right. But I also want to make sure those assets go to my children. And, my, you know, and many times it's like uh, one of these situations where it seems everybody agrees. Right. Right. They'll say, okay, well, obviously we're going to leave all the money pooled together to the children equally. And it's kind of funny. I mean, I've seen this happen several, several times. And, you know, it's you're always dancing because it always feels like you're possibly uh, insulting somebody or questioning someone's integrity when you're having these conversations with couples. But you'll say, look, what stops you from changing this? If your spouse dies, just leaving all the money to your children. Right. Oh, I would never do that. That's outlandish. And I mass majority of the time, I don't think they would. But I've seen it so many times. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the bottom line is, you know, they're, yeah, there's probably some sort of closer tie to their their own children. Not in every instance, but probably the majority of the time. So I just I just had a woman, a client of ours in her mid nineties who was married for a long time and um, to her second husband, had two kids. He had two kids. And the agreement was, we're going to break the money up into quarters. Now she's telling me, well, they haven't called me. They didn't send me a Christmas card. I'm writing them out. 
Well, that wasn't the deal. I was there at the deal when you guys sat down and made this thing 15 years <laughs> right. ago. They didn't have to be nice to you. That wasn't the, <laughs> that wasn't the uh, agreement. So yeah, but, but see, you, personal feelings start to get into the mix, and then you end up with stories changing and this, you know, intentions changing. And yeah, know. and it gets very difficult. And um, so it's just cleaner to have all that stuff laid out up front. And, yeah, I mean, one of the trusts know. that we even use and with uh, with um, attorneys are called Q-tip trusts, and a Q-tip trust is pretty basic. I mean, a Q-tip trust um, simply says that <clears throat> when I die, my money goes into a trust. It provides for my spouse a certain level of income, takes care of her medical needs if that's in the trust. But when she dies, the money goes to where I say it's going to go, and that can be children, that can be charities, that can be wherever. But you're still in control of the assets and you still provided for your spouse. Right. So the next three weeks we're going to be talking again about um, – it starts in two weeks. But um, we're going to be talking about very basic stuff. Right. Healthcare proxies, uh, the importance of having a will. Um, and then it will go into more and more advanced sort of estate planning. Right. And it kind of builds up to it. The first couple <clears throat> of weeks start with the real basic aspects of estate planning and then – you know, by the third week, then it's telling you all the, that detail it gave you, uh, you know, kind of why it built on all that and, and yeah. what you do with it. So, um, And the goal really is, at the end, is, is that you go to an attorney and ask better questions. And a lot of times, I hate to say this, if your attorney just can't answer those questions, you probably don't have the right attorney. You know, I mean, it, because what happens is many times people use the same attorney for everything. The person who handles your speeding ticket <clears throat> shouldn't probably be the person doing your estate planning. Not 100% of the time, but most of the time, if you have a general practitioner attorney, it's like a general practitioner doctor, right? right. Yep. So, so if you have a general practitioner doctor, you know, you'd, you want them to advise you somewhere else when you have a medical condition. A general practitioner attorney, you know, I have people who, you know, in small towns and that attorney handles everything from you know, estate planning to divorce to the speeding tickets to anything else, criminal activity or whatever. Right. <clears throat> they're they're a uh, you know what's what's that joke, Jim, about uh, something of trades and a, a master of, of all none, trades, a jack of all trades, and right. a master of none. Is that That's how right. the saying goes? <clears throat> and I don't mean that as an insult to attorneys. I really don't. But you know, you do want someone who specializes in it. That you want to get it right. And the last thing you need is going in there and saying, "Oh, I'll." Uh, well, I'll, I'll with, do a will for you. Right. I don't need a will. Well, and you go in with good intentions, and then all of a sudden, you know, it looks like everything that's because you don't know the details. Everything looks like it's been set up correctly, and then when you actually go to use it or it gets enforced or whatever, you find out that that wasn't the way it should have been set up. So, you know, those aren't the surprises that that you want with estate planning. You want yeah, to- and especially, I mean, if you have some wealth, you know, if you do have you know, a million dollars or in that range, and you have specific things that you want to do with that money. I mean, when I think of a will, I really think of somebody who just wants something on the books. Because if you don't, um, if you don't do anything, in essence, you get the state contract. Right, Jim? Right. So people say, well, I have nothing. Well, you do have something. You have the state plan. And if you don't do anything, you get the state plan. So I always think, I tell people, even when they don't have money, it's good to have a will. Do what you want to do. Have some document with your wishes. Right. Otherwise, yeah. you're just going to do what the state says you have to do. So, I mean, but, everyone has some assets, so you right. want to make sure those go where you want them to and kind of in the manner that you want them to go. Yeah, but if you've been accumulating assets in a 401k, you've been accumulating you know, real estate, you really need more of a, 
in my my opinion, more of an adept plan than just a basic will. Um, one of the things that you can always do is avoid probate. Uh, I shouldn't say always do, but I mean the documents have become very simple. Um, in the past, it was just, just be beneficiary forms, meaning your assets in an IRA don't need to go through court. They go according to your beneficiary form. Right. Now you can do that with your stocks that are not in IRAs or qualified assets. So if you have XYZ stock and you want to leave it to someone, you can just put it on a form. I want this person to get their stock. It doesn't go through the court. It just goes. Oh, and even <clears throat> planning for you know long-term care, You know, making sure that your assets are covered. Uh, in the event that you do end up in a nursing home so that, you know, all the assets aren't depleted before, uh, you know, maybe your uh, your death. So, you know, or, protecting or those assets. if you know the your... assets are going to be depleted, how do you stay in your home? Right. Yeah. Right? Your spouse is in a nursing home. How do you stay in your home? Right. So there's so, a lot of planning, and it's obviously very important, and none of us really like to think of most of it that <laughs> it involves. But... Um, Right. Again, if you do want a copy of the estate planning book, that's what we're going to be really covering in about three weeks. Um, you can give us a call three four eight seven 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 zero. It's complimentary. We can get that out to you so that you, know, you have it for when we're when the series is actually going on. Um, and, yeah, kinda... and it's complimentary, truly complimentary. Just if you get an answer machine, just leave your name and your address. We'll put it in the mail to you, and then a few weeks when the show is on. You know, you could have read up right. a little bit or kind of know where the show's going. Or we can give going. you ac temporary access, 30-day access to the online system, which will allow you to download the uh, the readable version or the audio version of the book. And uh, so that's our that's our ad on estate planning for the day, for uh, the estate planning book. <laughs> yeah, that is our ad. And that is our most popular book. But again, so. we do have... I think 11 other books, all various topics, Social Security, Medicare, yep. divorce. And if you get the online access, you can have access to all of the educational content. It's not something that we charge for. It's just a resource that, that we provide to our clients. So yeah. Then you can uh, access it on Kindle, right? If you're yep. like a Kindle reader. Or Android or, or Apple or whatever. Everything's on audio. Yep. So, well, a lot of people, if we've, we've just finished up... Um, fundamental analysis the last couple of weeks and you could kind of hear that those audiobooks have been professionally recorded so you can listen to the estate planning book or any of the books yeah. and materials right on your and iPhone those when we Android. play those segments on the radio those are only a piece of those uh books so you know obviously we can't play the whole thing a lot of times surprisingly you know when we do those series for two or three weeks we may only be using two or three of the chapters we're actually in those chat you know a lot of those books have 10 different chapters so there's a lot of additional content in there that you know would be worthwhile especially if that um if that topic is important to you um i, I know we're coming up on another hard break john we never actually we kind of got sidetracked but next time or in the next segment i swear we'll get to the uh the yeah, predictions on on what where the market's going and see yeah, what some I know of these different analysts are saying. You found where Mark, uh, Morgan Stanley is calling for some sort of downturn on some sectors. It's kind of funny, and then you know BlackRock was on upgrading all the U.S. equities yesterday. To, so BlackRock is upgrading, and yeah, Morgan Stanley was sort funny. of downgrading so. some things. So we'll, we'll get into more detail when we come back. You are listening to the Planning for Prosperity Show, John and Jim Daly, eight ten a.m. WGY Newstalk. We'll be right back. And now, back to the Planning for Prosperity show with your hosts, John and Jim Daly from Madison Wealth Managers. Welcome back to the Planning for Prosperity show. John and Jim Daly, 810 AM WGY News Talk. 
Um, if you're just tuning in, we were just covering what we're going to be covering for a few weeks, starting in two weeks, and that's estate planning. Um, we actually got sidetracked in the last... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm not just talking about estate planning, but what we really want to talk about was so many people are asking about the market. We ran fundamental analysis um, for three weeks talking about the fundamentals of investments and trying to give everybody a better feel. And then during that time, there was actually a correction in the stock market, right? The market went down a little over 10%, which is a technical correction. In the meantime, there's been some articles, and Jim and I kind of laugh, and I think you're probably in the same boat if you watch any of the business channels. Um, one person says up, and one person says down, and after you read a whole bunch of stuff, you just end up right where you were in the right, beginning. Right, yeah. Yesterday on CN, or, uh, uh, CNBC, they were saying BlackRock was on upgrading all U.S. equities. Um, they upgrade U.S. stocks to a buy, and they're the world's largest asset manager. Basically, I don't know if it was on the same exact day, I, I believe it was, or it was the day before Morgan Stanley uh, says the stock slide was an appetizer for the real deal. So, you know, they're kind of predicting, uh, I don't know about the end of the world, but they're predicting <laughs> uh, if, you, if you didn't like the 10% yeah. slide, they're saying that's just the beginning of, of what you may uh, see in the future. Um, the one thing that seems to be kind of a dividing point i would say john between a lot of these views is you know some people are looking at the tax cut saying wow all this we're gonna get all this growth you know there's gonna be all this excess money coming in the companies are gonna spend it it's gonna be great but on the flip side you have a lot of people taking the view of all that fast growth you know whether it's um you know increased you know or decreased uh, unemployment increased wages um you know accelerated purchasing all those things ultimately I, a lot of people are viewing will lead to increased inflation so well, I'll, I'll i'll play the devil's advocate with that <clears throat> i think that all the democratic states clearly got hurt here with this tax cut right, right. so all the when I say Democratic states, we're talking about California, New York, Massachusetts, right? Connecticut. Right. So what happens is these are high tax areas that charge state income tax that you no longer can really deduct on your taxes. Not kind of, you can't, right? <clears throat> so what happens is clearly, um, you know, cities like New York City, right? Boston, all the cities in, you know, uh, California, LA, San Francisco, San Diego, what have you. All of a sudden, all these people who have good income but are far from rich because their apartments are seventy, eighty, ninety thousand dollars a year, right? So they're making, say, a married couple is making two fifty, three hundred, right? right? After taxes, they have two hundred. Half of that money went into their apartment, right? Mm -hmm. Now they're living on the rest of the money. Now, all of a sudden, you just said we can't deduct all of the city tax that you paid, the state tax that you paid. And you now have less money this year than last year. There's so many of those people 
and those are people who spend, right? And you just clip them all. I don't know how that's actually going to play into the economy. A lot of those people might say, hey, you know, I I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe they move out of the cities. Maybe they move to a different state, which probably makes the most amount of sense. Right. Uh, people don't want to do that a lot of times because they have family, et cetera, jobs. But, you know, you start looking at taxes. I mean, they become a major thing. I mean, <clears throat> I think they said Houston, if it wasn't the number one in the country, I think they're forecasting number one in the state uh, for growth. Houston, no state income tax. Right. People are leaving. I mean, that's that's how this trend goes. People retire and they don't stay here. But and, will that will that hurt the U.S. economy as a whole, or will it just hurt the states? Well, I think it's a slow. It's not all at once, right? right. So I think you initially get hurt from raising everybody's taxes in these democratic states, and then the only thing you're going to do is increase the amount of migration out of those states because there's always a migration out of those states because people want to escape those taxes. You're just going to increase that rate. So it's just going to take a lot of time. Right, yeah. And, you know, the more and more that we kind of start going down this road of, of looking into, you know, whether you agree with the inflation piece or not, I think there's a lot of factors that are kind of leading up to maybe – I don't want to say it's a black swan event because it's not really something that people haven't seen. I mean, when we had the financial crisis, there was, remember, all the countries, you know, we had the what they referred to as the pigs over in in Europe where, um, you know, there was, I think, five countries that were kind of on the verge of they were teetering on almost bankruptcy you know you had Greece which I don't know if they what their deal actually was but they definitely were uh on the the edge of it if they if they didn't fall off and I think you had Ireland and Italy and Portugal and Spain um and it's funny that was a huge story for a while and then it kind of just went away you know you, you didn't really you know they saved Greece and then you didn't really hear a whole lot more about it well all those debts didn't go away. So, you know, what we kind of started doing was there was something that there was a piece on, uh, oh, maybe like a week ago that I saw. And, you know, we probably should explain first, John, the, the connection between uh, yields and the equity markets. So, you know, a lot of kind of the jitters with the market, people were saying it's because, um, you know, the bond market or the treasury market, those rates were starting to go up, which a lot of people ultimately will think will negatively impact the equity market or the stocks. So, um, you know, that that was a lot of, of what the news was, you know, when that correction was taking place. Is it all these interest rates? Um, and I saw one, one piece, John, that was pretty interesting. Um, it basically was saying that the amount of treasuries that had to be sold was actually more than doubling from last year for, I believe it was for the next three years. So I think it was originally like maybe $600 billion. I think I have the number here somewhere, but it was in that ballpark. And now for 18, 19, and 2020, that number is actually going to be like $1.2 or $1.3 per year is the amount that's going to have to be sold. So if you think about it just from a supply and demand 
side, regardless of inflation side, if you all of a sudden have double the amount of bonds or debt that you need to place, well, you got to give someone a little bit more to get them and actually loaning you money, right? So, um, so that on its own kind of can be an indicator that interest rates may start to climb up. Um, and, you know, it, when you look at these high amount of GDP ratios, GDP to debt ratios that these countries are carrying, even a 2% increase in interest rates could be catastrophic for some of these com- countries uh, moving forward. And unfortunately, the U.S. is starting to quickly fall into that um, into that group. Um, I- well, that's the game here, Jim, right? So the game is, you know, you basically don't want to get too far away from a dollar of GDP to a dollar of debt, right? right? So you don't want to get too far out of that line. So the question is, okay, well, what is the GDP going to be in the U.S.? So, you know, when we were taking a lot of debt under the Reagan era, the idea was you could grow your way out of it. Right, you could grow your economy at such a rate, boost up GDP, and ultimately that that doesn't matter. And the other thing, to your point, Jim, when you have a lot of inflation, you're paying back with a weaker currency. Right. Right. If it's hard to get a dollar today and a lot easier in three years because the dollars are worth less, and I'm paying them back with weaker dollars, I'm paying right. back, right. you know, a discounted rate. Right. And the way the Fed fights inflation. <clears throat> is with increased Fed funds rate. So if they start increasing to keep inflation in control, you know, that also could add to uh, interest rates right. kind of so creeping that's, up there. So, you know, no one ever knows, you know, at the time, I think when we were going through all that with Reagan, Reagan was, you know, everybody was not happy with his economic policies. And then all of a sudden it's, you know, now looking back, everybody thinks he's sort of a hero, Right. Right. With the way he handled everything, the collapse of communist Russia, the the economy as a whole grew, the way we you know handled the debt, inflation. So, you know, there's a lot of moving parts here, but we are going to talk about interest rates when we come back. I do want to talk about understanding, getting some yield on your money, what it means when you don't. And I do want to just touch on a few of these countries. I think people would be surprised, like Japan, for example. Um, you are listening to Planning for Prosperity show, John and Jim Daly, 810 AM WGY News Talk. We'll be right back. And now, back to the Planning for Prosperity show with your hosts, John and Jim Daly from Madison Wealth Managers. Welcome back to the Planning for Prosperity show. John and Jim Daly, 810 AM WGI News Talk. Um, we're just kind of trying to follow up here and, and thinking about interest rates a little bit. And, I, you know, I've been creeping along. You know, I have couple of different bank accounts and I go in and I kind of see the banks getting a little bit more aggressive with CD rates and some of these things. I mean, nothing that's going to blow your socks off, but at least they're not zero. Um, and we've been in such a uh, decreasing interest rate environment for so long now. Uh, I think it's caught a lot of people off guard. A lot of people have been sitting on cash. Um, you know, obviously in hindsight, the markets were a great place to be as opposed to cash, but people didn't want the risk. Now, that being said, you know, Jim, we have a lot of different investments. Um, people come in. I think they're surprised. There are some happy medium to these things where you can get minimum interest rates and have performance connected to the stock market. Um, 
right. which can keep your principal preserved <clears throat> and still offer you some interest rates. And if the markets do well, you can participate in that as well. You know, there's a lot of different options. It seems like everything um, is kind of trending toward uh, managed money where you're either in the market or out of the market. Um, it doesn't absolutely have to be that way. And another thing I would just tell you, we've had some clients coming in recently, and I'm surprised how much they're being charged for money management. You know, the fees are very high. A lot of times in markets are good. People don't think those fees matter, but they definitely do matter over the long term. Money doubles um, you know, at a 7% rate of return. Money will double in 10 years. And at 5%, money will double at 14 years. <clears throat> so a lot of times people come in and they're paying 2% for money management, right? I mean, and thinking, oh, okay, well, I made some money last year and that's fine. However, realizing that if you have 30 years to invest and say I had $250,000 to invest, and I have 30 years of money to invest, at a 7% rate of return, if money doubles every 10 years, it would go 250, 500, right? 1 million, 2 million. At 5%, <clears throat> it's going to go 250, 500, 1 million. So not quite, but approximately over 30 years, you end up with twice as much money over a 30-year period by not paying that extra 2% in fees. So if you ever want to come in the office and or just have us look at your statements, we'll be happy. Many times people don't even seem to realize what they're paying. Well, those statements are super hard to read, I think, intentionally. Uh, we are not making that claim, Jim. <laughs> it is, um, yeah, but our number is 348-7770, 348-7770. Be happy to take a look at it for you. But number one, is Japan. We didn't want to talk about Japan. Japan actually in 2016 hit 250%, $2.50 of debt for every dollar of GDP. So what that basically <clears throat> means is all the money that all the companies produced, if you took all of that for two and a half years and didn't, you know, you, you assumed it was all profit, that's how much it would take to pay off that debt now sounds astronomical but the u.s is now around 100 which means you'd have to take our gdp for a solid year now the the one thing that there's ever, no taking the gdp of anything right like, that is an insane analysis of right. the situation yeah you, obviously something no you can't do right that's how big it is though it's not even just the profit side of it it's the entire sales. That's how crazy that whole Just concept is. Every dollar of sales right. that the entire country made for the entire year. Right. And a lot of people, including, you've, if you listen to the show, you've probably heard me mention John Maudlin <clears throat> before, but his assessment and other people's is that when you hit that 100% of GDP, it becomes a very like slippery slope. You know, <clears throat> the amount of debt that the country has to pay to cover. Um, well, the amount of interest that the government has to pay to cover that debt uh, becomes just so excessive that ultimately it will impact their spending. You know, and and we're to the point too. Remember, we accumulated all this debt since well, a, a very good portion of. It. I was kind of surprised by the number. It was, I believe, sixty. We were at sixty. I got to pull that number out, but it was seventy-ish. GD or uh, 70% of GDP 
back in, I believe it was 07 or 08, and now we're over 100. So that was a very quick uh, rise on that side. And there is no sign that we're we're slowing down either. So, well, uh, you're you're you know if you're a craps player, you're on the come line right now. Right. Yeah. You believe that it's not your debt that's going down. You believe that it's your GDP going up. Right. Yeah. And you, you know, know your debt's going up. Right. So that's <laughs> kind of the the game everyone wants to play, and and maybe the ultimate plan <laughs> of the government is let's inflate our way out of it. Um. Mm. I don't know if that'll happen. Well, I don't know if the feds well, would let that Let's talk about Japan. Because, I mean, Japan is number one in this ratio. But what a lot of people might have forgotten is that Japan got themselves in a lot of financial trouble in the 80s. And what they didn't do was what the United States did, which is you just bite the bullet. Right? So in 2007, 2008, 2009, right, um, we set up these TARP funds, trillions of dollars, $3 trillion, $4 trillion. Didn't ultimately cost the government all that money because they ended up with some battered assets that paid off for them and things along those lines. But at the end of the day, it still cost a lot. Still cost a lot. And we came in and we absorbed it and we acknowledged it. Japan said, we're just going to let it sit on the balance sheets and we're not going to acknowledge it. We're not going to write it off. We're not going to. And and I think it's a great study and I haven't seen too many people ever do a study on it. But I think you have to, when you make a mistake and you have financial problems, you have to pay the piper and move on. Otherwise, you're like Japan, still dealing with this thing from the 80s now. Right. Um, now, the Japan thing is interesting because you'll say, well, how does Japan handle such an enormous amount of debt? They pay you no interest. In fact, a lot of times their interest rates go inverted, meaning they're negative. They charge you to keep your money in the bank. Which is kind of a funny idea, seeing as how I don't know if they're the safest bank ever. But <laughs> yeah, but think I mean, about if it, everything that, collapses. Yeah, but think um, about it. That is your that is your now the name of the game. Right. We don't care how much debt we have. We just don't pay you any interest on it. Right. Or virtually zero. Yep. No, and you know what's what's crazy is as I was looking and doing some of the research on this stuff, John. You know, um, John Maudlin was talking about this stuff. Back in June of 2013. But, but when you think about how insane that is, before you go into that, Jim, think about how insane that is. That's like me living in a $10 million mansion, and I have a $10 million loan, and I just don't care because the interest rate's zero. Right. Or the interest rate's 1%. Right. So I'm paying you know, a 1% on a $10 million loan, and they don't even pay, pay that. And, you know, or let's say... Let's say it's a half a percent because that's actually where a lot of their treasuries are. I'm living in a $10 million home that I clearly can't afford to live in, but I don't care because I only pay a half a percent on the $10 million, and therefore I'm paying $50,000 a year. Right. Well, I mean, and, and one of the details they gave on that is Maudlin always referred to Japan as a bug in search of a windshield, meaning it was only a matter of time before they something bad happened, but... You're going to have to wrap this quick, Jim, because says, we only got a minute. It says the cost of Japanese government, or cost the Japanese government 24% of revenues just to pay the interest. If rates rise to just 2.2%, now this is back in yeah, 13, yeah. Right, right. then it will take 80% of revenues to pay the interest. Well, see, they have no choice. Right. They have no choice. Now, anyways. We'll go um, more into this next week. We will. We'll pick up where we left off. We do appreciate you tuning in. You have been listening to the Plenty for Prosperity show, John and Jim Daly, 810 AM WGI News Talk. We'll be back next week. Same time, same place.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.